Hello, 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 hello. How are you doing out there? We're doing another, I hope we're doing another KG Fifth Walk and Dot podcast on the internet and Facebook Live and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, I see I'm live on my phone. I don't see it on the page there, but we'll figure this out as we traverse along in the high-tech wonderful world of the internet. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing okay today. Doing okay. This is a good day in the neighborhood, and I'm doing great. You got your new fancy toy that you're messing with right now. Who are you, sir? For folks who don't know oh, who you are. I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me on online at the social media platforms at Facebook, TweetDeck, Twitter, JL Woodley1, Jerry Lee L. Woodley Jr., and on Blogger, YouTube, SoundCloud, AKSV, DCSR, the College Sports Report. Sir, in the tie, who are you? Yes, I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the sports professor. You can catch me right here, or you can catch me on the social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Again, that's D R. K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. I want to make sure people know my full name. With that, also you can catch me as we do HBCU Report, better known as Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop as we've rebranded the show since Ryan McGinty has moved on to uh, additional things in his career as becoming the Assistant Commissioner of Media Relations at the MEAC, so we were excited about that and knew that he had to move on. So we started our first show that you can listen to on SoundCloud at Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab. We'll post that up um, first thing tomorrow. You can catch it live, www.kcuhradio.com. Tune in app, you just type in KCUH, and that is 92. 9 FM HD 2 right there on the dial you can listen and catch us in those social media different platforms and as we talk about HBCUs I actually gave an indication of who would win the Labor Day Classic on the show so I actually will give that as well today when time when you all say it's time to do so it's time to do so well, without further ado, let's, let's do jump, this. Let's jump let's right into it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are starting to hedge the bets uh, as you had the media day uh, down at Prairie View on Monday. Yes. Uh, well attended. Very nice framework when you can look out in, onto the field. Uh, both people were astonished about the scenery. Some people have had a chance to look at it before, but many people, this this first time. To look at the facilities, everybody's excited. And so you had both coaches talking. Haywood said that he doesn't talk smack and he's just ready to get to it. Commended uh, both uh, institutions for doing what they needed to do. Commended Coach Willie Simmons, uh, both athletic directors his own, Dr. Charles McCullough, as well as Ashley Robbins, uh, getting it done. Um, so it should be interesting in terms of that. Without further ado. I think the defensive side 
uh, for Prairie View will be just a little too much for Texas Southern University, so I believe Prairie View will pull it out and start off the season 1-0. and uh, But it will be relatively close early as Haywood's team will be emotionally ready to play uh, and they will keep it tight. But I think there's just a little too much both on the offensive side and defensive side for Prairie View and m University. Sir? Oh, no, no. Hold up. Excuse me a while, okay? You going to get a score? Uh, I think it'll be it'll be lower than most people think. Uh, so I'm saying um, 34 uh, to 20. Wow, okay. That, that, that's kind of it's kind of mid-range. About more than I expected. Yeah. Uh, that, that at least that I'm expecting I out of this game. I think they'll score a little late to finally pull it away. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm looking for um, uh, 28, uh, 24, uh, 28-21 type situation. Only because of the fact that uh, until it gets late in the game, TSU's depth won't, will, will, won't show up until that point. Lack of depth. Yeah. Um, and it'll get interesting just to – to the point that fans won't be they'll be wondering you know what's going on well you haven't seen a, two, a defensive battle out of these two teams in a long time I mean you have to go back into the books and, uh, and folks that have been around a while to see yeah I think earlier there will be a defensive struggle but I think uh, Prairie View will get a, a score pretty early and then I think as they go in both teams will get comfortable and you'll get some scoring either late into the second quarter certainly into the third quarter uh, then it'll slow down a little bit, and then you'll get the final score that will pull Prairie View away to kind of seal the victory. And as we're talking about that, it is officially three days, 21 hours, 8 minutes, 22, 21, 20 seconds before kickoff. And, and the game is sold out, correct, gentlemen? Yes, they yeah. announced and uh, uh, got a text Tuesday, literally during the show, as I'm interviewing Coach Willie Simmons as he comes on and gives an update about the previous game, in this case, just the upcoming game, and the uh, guy that Texas said that the game is officially sold out, all except for allotment of student tickets, and they still have their allotments to pick up. But anything they can sell has been sold. So if you hadn't got your tickets, you're in trouble. Uh, you may need to find a student to be your friend to get you a ticket. <laughs> Or you're going to need to, this is, uh, comes to a surprise to a lot of people, you might have to get into the scalping arena to get a ticket. That's amazing to think about how far that program has gone that, that's true. in regards to tickets being in the demand. The other thing that's really exciting uh, to talk about is the fact that we will take our show on the road, as they say. We will be in the building. And we're going to broadcast, yes, we're going to broadcast from the campus of Prairie View A&M University. We will kick off at a 10 o'clock. We'll do what we call a pre-game We set. who, sir? You're that, assuming that folks know who you're referring to. Yes, we is our show, Dr. Caville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, we'll actually uh, have the sponsorship with HBCUGameDay.com presents Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab's. Uh, with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. This is a special streaming digital telecast of the weekly radio show. Uh, so we'll go down to Prairie View. Uh, we'll have everything set up. You can see us live. Uh, best place to go is YouTube.com, HBCU Game Day. 
You can also go to jockjivesports.net as well as thgagency.com. We'll show the live streaming. Again, we'll have a pregame set from 10 to 11. That's going to be prior to the MEAC SWAC Challenge, which kicks off on ESPN2 at 11 o'clock. So we'll preview that matchup, which features uh, from the SWAC, Alcorn State Braves traveling, traveling to Daytona Beach to take on Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. Uh, I think it'll be a fascinating matchup. Both of these teams have been at the top of their conference. Both conference predict that they'll be in the race and have a good chance of winning the conference. Neither one of them are picked to win it, but that has happened before, and they've found out a way to get it done. In fact, the Alcorn State Braves have won two straight SWAC championships, as while the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats have won four of the last five, including uh, three straight, at least a share of it, as they shared it the last two years. Um, although A&T played in the celebration, bro, that's because they had gotten the tiebreaker system as there's a three-way tie in the MEAC last year, North Carolina, Central North Carolina, A&T, and Bethune-Cookman. So people uh, kind of forget about Bethune-Cookman. So they'll be in a hunt. So I think it'll be a fabulous matchup. We'll go inside the numbers to give you some in-depth information about players to watch in that game uh, before the broadcast. And then uh, we'll take a break, allow you to watch the game. Uh, we'll come back for our main set from 2 to 4 p.m. where we we'll obviously will re- recap, review, what took place in the MEAC SWAC Challenge, and then we'll give you a preview of what to expect in the Labor Day Classic. We'll really go in. Uh, at this point, we have guests such as both presidents of both universities on tap, both athletic directors on tap. Um, so we're really excited about providing some uh, inside information, a different perspective that you probably have never seen uh, within HBCU Sports, uh, just this type of coverage. Then we're not finished. We'll have a final set, the post-game set, which will come on uh, 8 o'clock, which will be right after the game. We'll go from 8 to 9. So obviously we'll do a review of what just took place in the Labor Day Classic. We'll see if I was right with my prediction. And we'll definitely talk about a player of the game. We'll look at it both from an offensive, defensive standpoint, and even special teams and tell you what took place again. Have some sponsors that I'd like to talk about that uh, help pull this off. Uh, that's Pure Sports, Fusion Sports, Mandela Made, THG Agency, uh, also um, HBCU ARC, which is the HBCU Athletic Resource Consortium Conference 2016. That is going to be held November 30th through December 3rd, the same week of the SWAC Championship game. That's going to be at the Crown Plaza. You can get more information at thgagency.com if you want to partake in that academic conference. We'll have a lot of stuff for students to get involved, make presentations. Obviously, Prairie View A&M University, uh, as well as Texas Southern University, are sponsors uh, that make this go. And I uh, have to give a lot of kudos to our presenting sponsor, HBCUGameDay.com, who has really uh, pulled a full-force effort to make this a reality for those in, and see what we can get done. So visit our sponsors, uh, celebrate our sponsors, making sure that you let them know that you appreciate them stepping up and, and sponsoring this information here. So we plan to do some things like this throughout the year, so keep up with us. But again, this is Sunday, September 4th. HBCUGameDay.com presents Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, a special streaming digital telecast of the weekly radio show. We'll kick off 
at 10 o'clock. Don't miss it. And I think there's a uh, tweet about that uh, referencing the Sunday's show, the live streaming. So, sir, I think you should retweet that because I think we uh, retweeted it uh, earlier this week. So we can do that again and remind folks how they can uh, check it out and participate and, and enjoy. But I also think Doc, you and Wildcat were at today's, was, was it today? Was it lunch of today? Yes. Press, press yes. Kickoff luncheon between TSU and Prairie View. Yep. Share, share your thoughts on that. Either one of you. One well, of I was there. All right. Um, one thing I can say for sure, we got some coaches now <laughs> in, in the area. I agree. Outside of uh, Coach Bailiff and, and Coach Herman, football is in the foot, uh, TSU and, and Prairie View are both, both now. In the football in, in, business? In the football business. Oh. The, what transpires this weekend will set a lot of reverberation. I guess that's the word I'm looking yeah, for no ac- across the, com- the rest of the conference. This ain't one of them kind of places no more. <laughs> okay. This ain't one of them kind of places no more. It's going to be interesting to see how both of these teams last four quarters. Depth will definitely be a, an issue. Um, Preview has the advantage in the quarterback position. Coaching on the sidelines, it hadn't been on this level in a long time where it was an evenly matched. And I'm, and I'm being honest about that. It's good to hear. Um, defense is going to be a big deal. Uh, offensively, I'm saying both teams are going to be putting the ball on the ground. They're going to put in the running back's hands. It's going to be, and we're going to see who's going to last. Who's going to be last man standing? All right. It's going to be some pounding. Uh, when they do need to go up top, they will. And as uh, as of the day, uh, Coach uh, Haywood has yet to say who's his going, who's his starting quarterback will be. Will be. And he said he will let you know her Sunday around five o'clock. Right. <laughs> you know when they make the announcement, it says we out on the field. Everybody find out because there'll be a couple of guys throwing in, in pregame, but only one person will be stepping out once it's the corner is tossed up. And he said, "Let's play ball." Shift gears real quick on you, sir, if you don't mind. I don't want to throw you a, a curveball here, but uh, the Rice Owls kick off the Houston area season. Yeah. They're on the road, Western Kentucky. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm looking for a better season out of them this year, uh, and so is the rest of the conference. A lot of coaches will t- mention that on, on media day. Uh, that it's, uh, it's on TV. Looks like it's on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, I mean they got their contract and all. Somebody's moving in. Seven o'clock Houston time. Uh, and listeners, hopefully, you know things go. In the house favor, but you know Western Kentucky right now is, is still a uh, favorite on this end to uh, and, and to to win that division and to contest for the uh, conference championship. Rice right now is, is going with the uh, with uh, Tyler Sterling as as the uh, quarterback. Coach Bailiff is, is 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 confident with him. The other issue, just like with U of H last year, where Rice suffered because they didn't have enough depth, was on the offensive line. And that's going to be a telling tale. And I'm, I'm looking at that too. Early, it probably won't show, its, show itself, but after halftime, you never know. You know, it, it, it's still boiling down to depth with Rice at the key positions. And 
definitely up front. Do you have any thoughts on uh, HBU? Kicks off the season tomorrow. Yeah, Central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That uh, a road game for the Huskies. Yeah. Uh, it's a conference match? Yeah. No, Central Arkansas. No, it's, it's con- yeah. Central Arkansas, yeah. It's a conference match. It's a conference match. Wow. Yeah. Why but, would you do that? Hey, conference sets the schedule. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. You know, this there's a couple of people not happy about that, but, you I know, it is imagine. what it is. I mean, it's, it's different that you setting it up as a big classic game, was trying to True. create that format. Or the fact if you have a you know a, a large number of teams in the conference where you have to kind of spread it out over season, but they don't have mm-hmm. that but many conference members where they don't have to play a game first to open no, up. The no, season. no, they don't. But so I would just be curious, not to say that you can't do it. I'm just curious about the rationale of why the conference office would decide to do it. I guess you want to be able to talk about conference matchups the first week, uh, so you can get in the meat of it. There is some people that. It put that on the table for branding your conference, right? But I'm sure the coaches, don't coaches even, you even it, it, I, just to switch it back. Yeah, I think we'll go back to Houston Baptist. But just to piggyback on that and talk about the framework, that is one of the things they talked about on Monday. Yeah, that, that it, both coaches, yeah, in a lot of ways would rather this game be played in the later of the season. season. And I'm intrigued to see if that concept will change with as you. Illustrated that both teams are moving up in terms of the caliber of coaches they have. And the expectation, obviously, with that is talking about uh, the teams fighting for it. And so that makes this game that much more important. So it'll be interesting to see uh, in conjunction with the HBU. Uh, can yeah. they get their wish to push games further? And this year, this football season in particular, We'll get to this city. We'll get to witness some things that they had never thought would happen. That's a great point. Uh, Prairie View going to play Rice middle of the season, uh, an open date. There was too much, and, and so yeah. it greater it, it area. You talking it, about Prairie going agree- to Texas agreeable. A&M, and it it helps with the you know with with the branding, but it also helps with recruiting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as you say, Coach Simmons is. Not afraid to play anybody, you know. If you call and we can we can get it scheduled and get the you know logistics worked out, well, let's get it it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, TSU goes over to HBU next year, next uh, next year, next week. Uh, and play hold up, game. right there. I'm glad you said that, sir, because you know, I do recall. I do recall. I do recall. Five, five, five. five I'm not going to you like okay. that. All right, five, all right. Because ain't no big. <laughs> I like that attitude. The Wildcat, you have picked. You picked HBU to yeah. get TSU, and, and Doc picked now TSU. Now people need to. Yeah, remember that we did do this a year two ago. years ago. Two years ago, in the first when it was first announced. Now it was first announced. And, and that, to your credit, yeah. And and the only thing that has changed has been a coaching change. Yes, and it's been a t- to to which probably goes in my, my favor. favor. It's, it's, yeah, it's following in your favor right now, and I'm gonna stay with that. Yeah, I, I, the, the, bet is, the, 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 the bet is the bet. To your credit, and this weekend. I'm hoping for both teams, both of those two teams, <laughs> HBU and TSU, to get out of that healthy. Because I don't want to see a breakup yeah, that's n- n- next week. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, and this guy question got asked on Monday, you know, how they going to sit out on people? Well, we're going to find out if people going to travel. Right. That's going to be the, that, that's the, are you going cross town? And, and, I think a lot of that is going to be based on what they see is game at the Labor Day class. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. They'll return the trip. 
uh, next year. Yeah, yeah. But you're exactly right. The first year they go down 59 to HBU. Yep. But I think in a lot of ways from Texas Southern fans, they tend to travel. But I think a lot of this is going to be also based on what they see in the Labor Day Classic. Right. And I'm very comfortable as much as you are because you're giving Texas Southern a, a really serious chance of, of pulling the upset yeah. that they're going to play close. And I think that's going to get fans believing a little more about the direction of this program, which is going to push them uh, in terms of going to check out what's going to take a, take place at HBU. The one thing that Coach uh, Haywood mentioned this morning, uh, he didn't say it in one word, but he said it in in a, in a, in a summary uh, and almost like a song. They are learning self-discipline team-wise. And you and I, I have watched it. That have yeah. have have watched this program go through a lot of very changes. upfront with the uh, and being a fan of Texas Southern, mom with here, uh, did postgraduate work here. Uh, my uncle was graduated from here. A friend of mine, the two good, real good friends of mine, uh, graduated from here. Uh, I hadn't heard that phrase around football at this place in a very, very long time. To show that they have, the, the fellas have come to the, gotten to the point to where self-discipline is not just something that's thought about. It's actually being practiced because Coach Haywood mentioned a situation in, from one day. I'm not, that's, that's right, I'm not getting any specifics because if you weren't there, yeah, you weren't meant to be finding out of the info. You have to wait till Sunday. I ain't gonna give you yeah, everything. He, he let you in practice for a reason. And everybody's and, not invited. To that's the practice. right. That's, so that's, there's that's, certain frameworks that you're able to give the listeners, yeah. which I think is important to let them know that it's not that you're saying that you won't usually do what's going on, but part of your ability to actually go yeah. and see these practices because these practices are closed. Yeah. But because of the relationship you develop with coach and his need to make sure that information is getting out. Mm-hmm. To the parties yep. to let you participate in it, so you can show tell a framework mm-hmm. as you're doing, but not necessarily detail. And unless he mentions it in an open forum in a public setting, I got nothing to say about what I saw. That's fair, and that's being fair. And I did I, I do that to every program here in town. Mm-hmm. If it's not mentioned, and some of the programs you've done that naturally when you talk about women's basketball. Oh you've yeah, had mm-hmm. the ability to go see yes. prominent program, prominent coaches. UConn for one, where you've had, both of you all, had a chance to go inside the numbers and go to practice and hear how coaches run their practice, uh, getting that live experience. And that's so you can express some of the things, but some things are not really for public consumption. True. So true. Gentlemen. Yeah. What you got, man? We've touched on, I believe, uh, PV, TSU, HBU, and Rice. Before we get into the big one that we're going to talk about, I do want to go back to your fundamental statement that I think is important for people to consider some of the solid programs in this greater area and some of the matchups. And I'll save the last one so we can hand it over to the big one uh, in our area that is going to resonate with a lot of people and should. Mm -hmm. It's the fact you said you have Texas Southern Prairie, you're talking about that weekend. Uh, right after that, you talk about the fact that you have Texas Southern and Houston Baptist playing in some big-time uh, games. 
let's not forget Sam Houston State. True. And Texas Southern. In terms of that's a program that's going to make a run in a lot of people's eyes at a Nationals champion. And if we stretch it out a little bit, uh, the, the program that they're going to have to face is, is also a Texas program in terms of, in a lot of people's opinion, outside of maybe McNeese State is Stephen F. Austin. Now, obviously, it's greater than Houston. But I'm just talking about matchups. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's some great football. Speaking of, in the Southland, uh, in a Saturday discussion, uh, this past Saturday, I was a part of uh, with uh, uh, Bring the Pain mm-hmm. Sports. The two schools that they mentioned prominent in the Southland is McNeese State and uh, and Stephen F. Austin. Right. Um, Sam Houston. Is, so. Sam Houston is is they're in a fight this season. Uh, it's not just it's nothing is going to be given to them, and I don't know if they fell back into the pack. Uh, it's they're dipping in a re- recruiting situation. You know, you get that every every yeah, every once in a while. But this particular year, it's going to be. And know, other <laughs> programs uh, are. Well, they elevate now. They, they, elevate. they, they, they elevate. Yeah. They elevate. Right. So let's let's kind of close this out. The other big matchup that I'm sure that our listeners want us to get into is we have a prime time matchup in return in terms of what well, early. I shouldn't say prime time. Most people think about that at night, but a prime show. As people will get up early and at eleven get, o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but they open the gates at six o'clock. No, no, I, I, we'll be there by seven. Yeah, with drink in hand yes. at seven o two. People kind of start out with some of the mimosas and things of that nature. Well, I guess I'm heading over to Claiborne's then and get a little breath. <laughs> yes, that U of H O U game that should be fascinating. Uh, it also was announced today that it's officially a sellout. So, again, as we talk about the quality of football, we got a sellout at Prairie View for Labor Day Class. We got a sellout right here in Houston. Man, that, that is – we've come a long way. Doc, let me say something, then I'm going to turn it over to both of y'all. The three of us – I'm speaking for the three of us right here and right now. Don't call us by no tickets. <laughs> don't call us. Don't text us. Don't contact us or email or otherwise by no tickets. We told you when you needed to go and get your stuff done. Yes, we did. We didn't tell you to sit around and wait until no tickets available, and then you then you think up on, on Wednesday and Thursday. Hey, I'm talking like a friend of ours down the street down here. You better be glad I ain't. That, you know, yeah, we, you can't we, we, go we, we, we I ain't gonna go his route because I, I, I ain't been there yet. I, you know, I ain't, I ain't been around that long. But that gummit, don't be. We all know each other, but if you know you wanted to in the first place, why didn't you? Like was mentioned earlier, go and find you a scalp. Go in, go, you go online and find these these, these third parties. That's how you won't have to work with it. Find you a bar or something, but don't call us. We did our job early on. We didn't get paid to do our job, but we did our job. The one thing we're about, we about giving out the information, yes. and we gave it to you. So if you miss this game, that's it's on, on you. you. That's, as, as, as you, you say commonly, that's how you famously problem. have said now. That's, that's a, a you problem. problem. No question about it. Let's get inside this U of H game. And I'm saying, are they winning? I'm relying on you. Well, you know, I've already put it out there to just give give the football opinions and more details because I'm I'm just going to be a, a Cougar alum, so I'm not going to have much to say. I will say this because I am um, I have been known to be a jinx slash kiss of death <laughs> when it comes to predictions involving U of H. 
Somebody asked about you today. I so, told him you don't do football. So <laughs> well, correct. Reason. So um, I, I, me and one of my buddies going back since I guess the days of wall trip. He asked me what my thoughts on the prediction on the game, and I I told him Oklahoma. I think uh, was a forty five thirty five something like a ten point spread. I said for the score. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Um, two great quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, and Greg Ward Jr. Should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, it sounds like U of H's three four defense up front will be good versus the run, but the concerns are how they'll be able to handle OU's passing with the Cougars and linebackers and secondary. Mayfield will have to be put on the run. He won't be. He should not be allowed to stand in the pocket and pick them apart. Just because of the, what Coach mentioned at uh, media uh, uh, the other day about you know young guys at the uh, in the secondary, you're gonna need those linebackers and those guys up front now to kind of get a lot of things done. Because uh, when Mayfield is, is capable of, of sitting and watching, he looks like somebody that should be on the next level right then. Now, one thing that Oklahoma will do this year, they'll run the ball a lot. They'll push it down your throat. But when they can, th- when they get an opportunity to throw, they will. The key is to get Mayfield out of that pocket and make him throw on the corners. Who you got? Right now, as of today, looks like everybody's healthy. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and instead of cool though, pull this off. One touchdown. Score? Uh, I'm looking at. 3528. Wow. Doc, you last podcast you you did say pick the Cougars to win. You didn't give a score, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yeah, I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna come down to a field goal, uh, twenty four. Uh, no, I'll take that. Twenty seven to twenty four. Uh field goal wins the game at the end. They find a way to get that momentum. But I think it's an interesting matchup. You had up and coming coach Tom Herman. Against Bob Stoops, the legendary coach in his own right, national champion. Um, you have a program in U of H that is um, looking to enter into the Big 12. That discussion is hot and heavy. It's a whole other topic. Um, but the fact that so much is riding on this game uh, makes it really interesting. You have a lot of transfers in this game to keep your eyes on. Uh, obviously, Bob Stoops with his transfer in terms of uh, Baker Mayfield that you uh, illustrated uh, should have. Uh, his hands full in terms of what he wants to do with Oklahoma. But you have to believe that they're going to want to run the ball early. Oh, you. So that's going to be a question mm-hmm. that up front. I think U of H has the ability to stop that run and force the throw. Uh, Mayfield has the ability to do that. So that's going to be the interesting part of my game. Uh, will uh, OU have the ability not only to get a couple of big plays, but more importantly, will they be able to control the tempo of the game by getting those first downs, those third downs, Conversions. I think that's the key to this game, and that's why I pick U of H. I think they're going to do a better job than most people think being able to get uh, a couple needed uh, three and out uh, or some series, even if they allow OU to get a couple of first downs that they won't really allow them to go up and down the field. And you have some running backs uh, transferring in U of H. I think makes it interesting when you look at Texas running back transfer Duke, Catalan, Oklahoma State wide receiver transfer Rashad Samples. Some people that you want to see how they get into action and, and try to fill it. We've seen uh, quarterback 
from uh, U of H moving over to wide receiver position. That's been a lot of talking all season. It's been interesting to see how that goes. Derrick King. Derrick King, see how that goes. So, I'm really interested in, in this matchup. I think other thing I went to high school with his dad. Well, <laughs> speaking of, uh, when I uh, excuse I, me, Doc, I didn't have to sit down there. You just mentioned something. I don't always want to admit that. Yeah, we are getting old. So <laughs> this this, this morning, every person that spoke, coaching wise, made mentioned Kenny Houston, and I'm glad to see him still around and take his accolades and all while he's still walking this earth. A lot of folks was. Below below the age of ten, <laughs> I was like, "It's a lot of young folks, a lot of young folks coaching these days." <laughs> we got some good coaches out here. You said it right. Uh, then you go in and you look at the other thing that I think is important to consider. Um, not only is this the first game of the year, and so much is on this, but that early kickoff. I mean, interesting to see who can get in the flow of the game because this is not the normal time that you would kick off. <laughs> Uh, in terms of this, and this is going to be more of a bowl setting. True, true. Uh, so this, this is not just playing at home in that comfort or even preparing and going into a hostile environment on the road. This is more of the bowl season, so it'll be interesting to see who is able to get their groove first. Obviously, um, U of H will be represented really well with their fans. Oklahoma travels well. So which fans get engaged and get in the game and maybe help push their team would be fascinating. So I think, you again, uh, watch both defenses. Early in the season, you know, defenses click before that. Both of these defenses are well-coached defenses. Uh, they tend to be strong defenses, and particularly if they can muscle their way. And, and the fact that both teams are going to want to run the ball is going to play in the fact that both defensive units should be pretty solid. So. Uh, those are some things that I think you want, you know, keep your eyes on. I told you about players to watch in that matchup, so I won't overdo it in that stuff. But I, I think uh, that's the part of the game that I want to look at inside the numbers, particularly uh, if things go in the right direction in years to come. This could be a conference matchup, so a lot of people are going to be having a great deal of pride for U of H. So I'm interested to see. Uh, just how much noise they make in terms of getting into this game. You know, the other thing that uh, about that about that particular game is the repercussions. You know, down the season because the winner will make uh, the winner of that game. Uh, uh, yeah, puts the themselves in a really good position to stay uh, where they need to be, be and uh, in terms of getting big to time goals. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, in a lot of ways, particularly for o- OU to be in the Final Four, and it gives U of H, obviously, a, a large position to be outside of the Final Four in case a couple of teams fall off, yeah. which means they still put themselves at least in argument position. I'm not going to say uh, that they realistically have uh, the ability to get in the Final Four without some things going in the di- in the right direction. I, I want to make sure fans understand that. But winning this game sets you up. Yeah. To be part of the talking points, which I think is extremely important now, for both things. So that's my final part of a great point. Uh, and do you – your race winning it pulls off this game, this win. They have a possibility to go, what, 12-0, 13-0 for the season, however many games they've got in the regular season, to go undefeated and really put themselves in a situation to, like, move some folks out. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to beat it, but I, I think they're also going to have to be impressive 
to go in there because we already know essentially when you look at this, you have four spots for essentially five conferences. Uh, now you're talking about knocking out essentially two conferences. There's some talk that many people think that ACC has a chance to, for the first time, uh, any of these things. The talk that you usually hear about the SEC, many people are leaning to the ACC possibly getting two. The Florida State. And so Clemson. I think it, I think it's very early uh, well, to push to say that U of H with this win alone would be a position to get in the Final Four. The Cougs counting the conference championship game if they going to be to be thirteen and zero. Okay. All right. So regular season. They had that possibility. Uh, yes, this is, the competition has gotten a, a lot better, you know, I think overall they do have a realistic in, 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 in its conference. Chance of taking but they, but they, the yeah. everybody, tough, but because yeah. of the fact that they've got experience at the off, you know, on the offensive line this year yeah. to start off the season, and they have they prepared for depth. They went and got you know what they needed and all to bring in to, to back that Absolutely. up. Absolutely, um, with the the Power Five, coming, okay. you have to have depth. The other part of that, particularly on the defensive. <laughs> Front, true, true. The other thing is, he knows he's got numbers on campus somewhere, okay. and you don't want to get hit that, you know, push that button and, and and make that call out. But the fact that you know it's available, it helps. I'm still picking U of H to to win this game. Uh, An upset, so that's good. Yeah, oh yeah, fifteenth over number three, right. And then that'll. I don't really believe in that. That'll set the polls before the games are played. But you know, it's good for discussion and good to sell copies and things like that. So, and plus, being I hope you get both of you. Clearly, I hope both both of <laughs> you are right and I'm wrong, and not don't get it twisted whatsoever. But uh, you being honest, we're being we're, honest? we're going to trust and believe in this KG Fifth Quarter Wildcat and Doc podcast. We are going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. In just a few moments, uh, but on a lighter note, we have an uh, announcement coming out that six to eight teams have made the cut uh, for a Big Twelve expansion. BYU and U of H in that, in that group. Uh, yes, uh, the, the six to eight: uh, Cincinnati, BYU, UConn, Memphis, USF, UCF, Temple, uh, Colorado State. This is more than eight, right? Yeah, yeah. I got ten. Somebody put put in quotes six to eight teams. Then gave me more than eight teams: uh, Cincinnati, BYU, UConn, Memphis, USF, UCF, Temple, Colorado State, SMU, and Houston. That yeah. was as a four fifteen from Matt. You Brown. You said Colorado State. Yes. You did say Colorado State. That's what State. Matt Brown, quarter Matt Brown of uh, SB Nation. You, yes. Give them again for everybody. Cincinnati, BYU, okay, UConn, okay, Memphis, okay, USF. Okay. UCF. Okay. Temple. Okay. Colorado State. Uh, SMU and Houston. I'm gonna ask this question, and I'm being, I'm, I'm being. What is outside what, of SMU I mean, and Colorado I'm, State? This pretty much yeah. a lot. Of I mean, are you placating to that point to where you're impressed by Colorado State? Well, I think you have to be careful because you don't know what they presented. You have to take it for what it is. It is just a finalist. So if they had a really good presentation, it doesn't mean that ultimately they can find a way in the door. But if they did what they needed to do to impress, to make it to the next round, you just kind of leave it at that and you say they they did a great presentation. Because everything outside of it, you kind of like, what would excite you about Colorado State? We know the market, but it's obviously that they 
put a lot to the table where it had enough presidents saying, let's make sure we do our due diligence, if you would, look at this twice. You see me looking at you with that look, don't you? Doc. It's only I, that makes sense you, to me. It's been a while since I last covered Colorado State. You know, it's, it's, but to make a long story short, how much more impressive can they be from when they were? I mean, they, you're coming out, you're talking about Mountain West uh, and the other side of the Rockets. That's two time zones, if I'm not mistaken, for some of the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're coming all the way from the East Coast, that's three. Uh, especially like but I think the other thing that we didn't pull out of this is that they did make the statement that the Big 12 is open to only inviting football-only members. Oh, well, so that goes okay. a long way to seeing why Colorado State would be in there as maybe well, a football-only member in regards to it's a lot different traveling just pretty much on weekends, maybe a Thursday night game here and there. But you're pretty much talking about the weekends okay. for just one okay. sport. All right. So with, it with, takes on some of the concerns that you have. Which okay, is then. With, with, with that, and we, let's, let's, since we put we've, we've broached that subject, um, if you had to, you know, let's say they, they expanded by four teams out of that group, and football only, you at the top of the list, you pretty much go with U of H and, and BYU to start off with. BYU with for football only, definitely. Now. The rest of it, question marking, Doc, as you said, I don't know what they pre- presented, what they brought to the table and all, uh, but I hadn't did, I hadn't did it in my homework and all on Colorado State, but, I'm, but it's just a question. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to change. I said a few podcasts ago that if they expand, if the Big Twelve expanded by four, the mile four would be BYU, Cincinnati, U of H, and Memphis. It seems like since I made those statements that a consensus is the Big 12 is going only going to expand by two. So uh, now, my, now you really then my two would be U of H and Cincinnati. Okay. If you ask me then I put it I was how long ago because somebody brought it back up retweeted it from a tweet I put out 10 days ago because someone and I'm not this is not to be a derogatory statement, but this is where this is where we are regarding Big Twelve expansion. Ten days ago, someone went on radio. It was a guest on a radio show, and the guest is a football writer, sports writer, and he s- said that he thought um, the teams he picked, he thought the Big Twelve would pick, I think, were BYU, Cincinnati, for example. I don't, I don't even remember you know, the exact team that he said. But the quote was that I think Big 12 is going to pick blah, blah, blah. And it was retweeted by by Cougar fans and alums and folks dying because he didn't <laughs> pick U of H. So I simply put out there, I think since that at Houston will be the invited to the Big 12. Nice touch. Will anybody retweet that? And my hashtag was no one knows we all think something. So, hell, we're not in the room. We don't know what's going on in the mind of those presidents. So if we can put out anything on Twitter and, and say somebody have somebody retweet it. And 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 from what I from the from the Board of Reasons meeting, from what I understand, eight members have gotta gotta vote. Correct. Gotta gotta vote yes. And 
You may have six. You may even even have seven. If you lose that one, and you know there's there's some backhand deals going taking place and discussions about this. You know, handshakes going on. It's it's big business. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, this yeah. is all about big business. But we're going to shift gears, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We are in America, correct? Last I the, checked. The three of us are in America. We do as have. As far as I know, all three of us were born here. Freedom of speech. <laughs> we have. Two of us locally and, and one with Waco. We have a right to protest. Norman, Oklahoma. Okay, that, that's even better. Norman, Canvas, baby. Oh, okay. yeah. Right, right to protest, correct? Yeah. Right? That's, that's what that parchment paper sits, sits behind that glass and I says. So we, we can open up our mouth and not be not have fear of some Gestapo person knocking on your door in the middle of the night and saying, "Come get it, come go with us." Not if you live in the Twitter world, you know. Radio. So some some folks television, and it, but apparently that only applies to certain people because it doesn't apply to Colin Kaepernick. Apparently, obviously not, because he chose to sit down during the playing of the national anthem. For the third time this preseason, by the way. And it could have been very important. Say that again. The third time, three preseason games. First two, he did not dress in uniform, so he wasn't dressed to play. He sat during the national anthem. Game three, he was playing in it. He sat in uniform, and a picture of it was taken while he was sitting down on the bench. And then a big deal was made about it. They asked him about it. Actually, it didn't come out until somebody. Recognize it, yeah. saw it, and asked. And then ask a question about it. That's when it blew up. People didn't pay attention to it. Say that again. People did not pay attention to it prior to that. But after they, he was asked about it, he said he sat, and he gave the reasons for why he sat. His belief, his opinions. He was protesting his way of protesting uh, police brutality. We can go on and on. No one wanted to at least the last few days, but initially last week, no one wanted to address. The reasons he gave for sitting. The uproar was, how dare he sit during the national anthem? Some folks saying he's moved to another country. You know, all kinds of stuff. He was the most disrespectful, disrespecting our troops, which he didn't say. Said nothing of the kind. He said had a press conference Sunday saying this is not neg- negative toward the troops. I have friend to in the military. I have great respect for the military. You can go on the internet and find him being signing autographs for the troops, making public comments in favor of the troops and military. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what, what you do. Yes. Family memory and friends uh, that have served. All those things. Yet some folks, how dare he? This Once again, I go back to what I said open this segment. This is America, right? We do have the freedom of speech, right? That's what that parchment says. I thought but apparently, we go to what uh, a famous rapper said years ago. You have freedom of speech, but watch what you say. Because some folks don't like how you protest. Going to tell him how to... Some football players said they were not happy with how he protested. Okay. It's his protest. Yes, it is. This is still America, right? I'm going to go back to the saying this is still oh, America, right? I've, over and over again, and maybe my point will seep into some folks' minds who must not understand where we are. Or maybe they have a deeper-rooted belief that living in America and having freedom of speech only applies to certain people in this country. 
which is a whole another issue. And some of those folks may not want to acknowledge the fact or acknowledge the reality of what Collins said, his reasons for the protest. We can get into a whole other discussion about the third verse of the Star Spangled Banner and what it really means. Yes, I posted it on Facebook. And did you get any re- uh, response and re- replies from that, sir? It was interesting. It and was the, and the for face. those that may have not have seen it, I'm sure many people now, but uh, the third verse, uh, in quote, reads, And where is the band who vauntedly swore that the havoc of the war and the battle's confusion? A home in a country should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps' pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and the slave from the terror or fight or the gloom of the grave and the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave and yes uh, in terms of the fifth line in there he talks about the harlan <coughs> and the slave and he is referring to at that time Africans held as slaves that were enslaved uh, during the time. So that just tells you the framework and those I'm sure by now understand that Francis Gotsky uh, was not a friend to enslaved <coughs> Africans uh, and the thought of people of color uh, had any type of talent and should be measured by equality in this country. So uh, many people, frankly, put him as being distasteful in terms of what was taking place there. But um, I think it's intriguing when you start looking at the historical factor. And I had looked at this far before this even came up. And I was just doing some other work trying to make some connections. So it was intriguing for me to be so timely. And so I think people need to make sure they understand history uh, and take the time to look at things before they just regurgitate a lot of stuff that's out there uh, is one of the things I thought was extremely important to talk about. And I have either of you, please let me know, have either of you heard uh, anyone who was bashing and criticizing Colin Kaepernick for his protest and what he said since uh, the Veterans for Kaepernick hashtag went viral yesterday? Have, have you heard from those folks at all? No, I think they had to back up. I thought that was amazing that, that was, to see that, that. I think the shockwave went across, went across Well, the I think that, not just the shockwave, but just it allowed them to have to stop using <laughs> other individuals to make their point. And it, it shamed them in a lot of ways in regards to them not having much premise. The other thing that I wanted to talk about also is historically is the fact that this country has done a tremendous job in connecting uh, the flag, what many people refer to in terms of nationalism, in the military, in sports. And this goes back to 1918 uh, in terms of baseball, the sport of the time, particularly, oddly enough, with the Boston Red Sox. And at this time, Babe Roof had not transitioned to the Yankees. And so you're talking about World War One, in regards to that, and that is the connection where you start seeing this Star Spangled Banner move to the forefront. Uh, because before that, people were singing "America the Beautiful," 
uh, in regards to that framing. And it happened to be, in a lot of ways, the wartime. And oddly enough, it was not just the celebration of it, but the reason that sports actually continued was the fact that they sent it, saw an increase in attendance. So it was the monetary value that was associated with not just quote-unquote patriotism. So I think that really fascinates me when you look at that. And obviously when you talk about uh, the wars uh, continuing, you start to see this refrain play out again and again uh, uh, with the connection with 9-11, obviously how everything was heightened and sensitive, and you've seen a even more closeness between sports and patriotism and the flag and in this case the Star Spangled Banner uh, famously you previously before that in 1991 Super Bowl uh, 25 with Whitney Houston uh, singing the national anthem uh, during the time of the Persian Gulf War that was synonymous with the connection so there's time and time again where these connections and it wasn't until recently when ESPN uh, did some information I thought was fascinating that many people didn't realize that actually uh, the military are paying these franchises uh, NFL Major League Baseball to bring these people in some people were uncomfortable with that because a lot of people thought it was just <laughs> mm-hmm. in kind gesture but it was again a monetary framework and I think the reason that is important is on one one hand you're trying to talk about patriotism, uh, but then and again you, on the other hand, you're talking about capitalism, which obviously in America do go hand in hand in a lot of cases. But I think it's more it American becomes, than capitalism. Yes, but in a, if you're not careful, it becomes very hypocritical when you go all in on the individual that is actually exercising their freedom of speech. And then we're not saying that you can't voice your concern, but we're looking at your negative. A framing of your response not just saying that you had a different response and the fact that you have the right to disagree sure but the fact that you go so venomously is intriguing to a lot of people in particular uh, particularly when you go all the way to the first point that you open up with when you told people to go home and there are some other athletes that have chimed in and while some were against it some have later come up and said we understand some have even talked about supporting and this is even more than the hashtag you said veteran mm-hmm. for cabinet which was totally amazing and shut up a lot of folks but the fact that you had some people talking about go home to where you talking about people that were enslaved there is no connection and no home base to go home with and as African American people of color that we're particularly focusing on in this instance is the fact that uh, this is their home Right, and that's what you do not want to acknowledge. And when people have their home and they're not felt very right in their home, they have every reason to challenge uh, to make things better. And let's look at this even historical from that. Now people celebrate in a lot of ways 1947 with Jackie Robin breaking at the time with many people talking about the color line in baseball. And this is based on mountain lines in the uh, non-written rule that you wouldn't accept blacks back into baseball because they played prior to this and it's important they had a connection and you had Jackie Robinson later in himself in his book talking about the fact that he wouldn't honor the flag because of how he was treated and people do not want to focus on that you can go <coughs> even further back to Jackie Jack Johnson in a lot of frameworks to this but this is a consistent framing where 
uh, people of color, particularly African Americans, had to make statements. Yeah, I'm a, 1968. Read the quote uh, from the, Jackie Robinson yeah. in the book. That's going. Uh, that's going viral. There I was, the black grandson of a slave, the son of a black sharecropper, part of a historic occasion, a symbolic hero to my people. The air was sparkling, the sunlight was warm, the band struck up the national anthem. The flag billowed in the wind. It should have been a glorious moment for me as the stirring words of of the national anthem poured from the stands. Perhaps it was, but then again, perhaps the anthem could be called the theme song for a drama called The Noble Experiment. Today, as I look back on that opening game of my first World Series, I must tell you that it was Mr. Ricky's drama and that I was only a principal actor. As I write this 20 years later, I cannot stand and sing the national, sing the anthem. I cannot salute the flag. I know that I am a black man in a white world. In 1972, in 1947, at my birth in 1919, I know that I never had it made. End quote. That's from Jackie Robinson. Powerful. And then you go back again to 1968. And these are just some that I'm putting on the table in terms of the gold medalist moment. Tommy Smith uh, um, as the gold medalist bronze medalist John Carlos who raised black fist and took off the shoes with black socks to protest what was going on in human rights in a lot of ways across the world. You even had the Australian uh, that did his own protest that many people have not really went in enough detail to know in regards to a lot of how he was perceived back at home and died uh, really uh, negatively in terms of what was taking place there. Obviously, we just had the passing of of Muhammad Ali, which many people talk about the greatest, and celebrated uh, what he did and who he was. Now, all of a sudden, somebody else takes a stance in the vitriol, which does take you back to what happened to Muhammad Ali, but it's just amazing how time and how people become maybe a little more softer in terms of the outspokenness, how all of a sudden you can start celebrating their outspokenness prior to that. So I just hope the listeners, as they get on this and think about, is make sure that you don't become one of these individuals that are just poisoned uh, by society, just kind of moving forward and just continuing to poison you with these negative frameworks and not going in and looking at things and digging for the history before you make your own decision and framing of what take you will have on these type of items. On a lighter note. And that Australian, uh, I do want to say his name because of that is Peter Norman. Yes. On a lighter note, Coach Kelvin Sampson of the Houston Cougars men's basketball program announced the uh, non-conference schedule for the Cougs for the 2016-2017 season. Wildcat, I'm going to read off the schedule. You give me your thoughts. I'm going to exclude the two exhibition games because they're exhibition games. First, and Doc, of course, I want you to chime in as well, but I want Wildcats reaction first. 
Listen. November 11th, Morgan State. The Bears of the MEAC. Mm-hmm. Here, ECU program. Yes. Hot finds. Oh, yeah. Unless I say a city is here. Okay. All right. Next, uh, November 16th, an exhibition game against Angelo State. Then they have they go to the they participate in the Gulf Coast Showcase in Estero, Florida. First game versus George Mason on the 21st. Then they'll play either the winner or loser out of Kent State, South Dakota. Then lastly on the 23rd, uh, they'll either play Vermont, Wofford, Hofstra, Hofstra or Bradley. Hmm. November 26th, Hoffines, Cornell. <clears throat> November 29th, Baton Rouge, LSU. December 3rd, Hoffines, Prairie View. December 6th, on the road in Fayetteville versus Arkansas. Last four non-conference, all at Hoffines. December 10th, Rhode Island. 17th, December 17th, UT Rio Grande Valley. December 21st, Liberty. And December 23rd, Harvard. It's a plethora of schools, styles, programs of different levels. But if I had to put a bracket together, knowing what I know and uh-huh, understand, yes. you, that's why yes. you asked me now. That's yes. why you asked me. Yes, indeed. You know, some of those teams, I must say you're not serious about if I get into the time. And I can't vote you there. I'm, 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 I'm being honest. I'm being honest. I agree. Because unless you're capable of running through your, your conference to the point that you're getting the 20 wins with uh, two to three weeks to, to go, and you've got, let's see, uh, no, actually, you didn't need, no, take, take that back. You should be at 20 wins at that point with two to three weeks to go before the tournament starts, before the conference tournament starts, to add to your to, to your, your standards. Because if not... Oh, hell, they need to have 20 <laughs> before March. Because if not... With a handful of regular season conference games to go. But this, I agree with you on the strength of the lack of strength of schedule right. in non-conference here. But from another perspective, the home game, this is a football city. This is a football town. U of H is not a football campus. These home opponents, outside of Prairie View, and it's not, hell, it ain't, I didn't say Texas Southern not one time in its non-conference schedule, which perturbs me. But outside of Prairie View, <laughs> wait a minute. Let's stop right there. Because I, because that doesn't sound heavy. That's, 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 that's a word I got from Wall Trip Education there. HISD. Oh, now, now trust me. Now, I understand. I understand what you're talking about. Oh no, from. yeah. But now, explain <laughs> to the folks why you think that should happen. That should happen. Not that it will happen, but that it should happen. What TSU? Yeah. Why is sure. why it's relevant? Sure. And in, in it's picture about going back to my statement that I just made. Yeah. These. Home opponents, fans don't know and will not pay to see. Whereas you schedule Texas Southern, people will come see TSU U of H play in Hall Fines, hell, inside H and PE. But Coach Davis wants to play all his non-conference games on the road. 
So, man, that's fine. Because he wants to strengthen his team, get his team ready for the swag. Yeah. So, have TSU come to Hall Finds. That'd be a road game. Not not a far travel, but it'd be a road game. It's a bus trip. And I'm pretty sure it's you'd have more fans at a TCU events game at home than you have any of the other, these other home games they have on the schedule. Absolutely. Because I'm trying to think, how did that group? Prairie View's the best bet. Besides Basketball, that's on December 3rd, Doc. For the Swag Championship game, is, football game is what day? On the December 5th or 6th? 3rd, that Saturday. So is it, is it that could it be that day? December 3rd? Yeah. That's a Saturday, right? That's an afternoon. That's a mid. That's a midday game too, and about three or four o'clock somewhere on there. Saturday is the third. That's championship game. That's what I'm saying. That's it's not about championship game. Which, is, which means if PV football, ain't nobody in hell gonna come to that game here at Hawthorne. Yeah, the football is doing what many people believe. <laughs> yeah, you you're right about that now. You can forget that. Yes, you're right. Yes, it is a yeah. It's a Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Third. So, yeah. oh well. So once again, oh well, oh well. <laughs> I am just not it's and let me say, let me be clear. Cornell. These are solid programs. Cornell They got a nice Harvard alumni group here. Are solid programs. Yeah, no question. Okay. Are, yeah. But those solid Rhode Island. Basketball people know these are some solid programs. Oh yeah. But when it comes to marketing your program and getting butts in the seats to come see your team play, none of these teams get that done. The LSU game last year was awesome. I'm, I'm glad to see LSU and UVA continuing. UVA going to Baton Rouge this year. I'm glad to see. They hope they can continue that on a, every season basis, playing each other home and home every year. But the rest of these teams, no, sir. No one who does not know basketball, even some diehard basketball fans, are not going to spend their hard-earned money to come see these opponents Inside Hawthorne's Pavilion. Now, strength of schedule. And you even have some people that will spend their money to be supportive. But it's not going to drive the fact that they're going to want to get there. So, I just... This underwhelms me. The more I look at it. And I'm sure Coach Kelvin Sampson is going to... He's going to go the basketball coach speak route. And say these are some solid programs. Yes. But in terms of money, having... Good attendance numbers of four, five thousand, six thousand people inside Hall Five. No, not a one. Now, to add to both of those those two scenarios, high school football is going at that point, and we know how this state can. They, people can talk about this state being, you know, uh, uh, Cowboys and Texans when they come to high school football in the playoffs. Towns closed down. I have yet to see a town closed down behind a pro football team. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm being honest now. I'm being honest, and that's to a, and that's that's to a six figure town. You know where they got to, uh, over a hundred thousand or better. People they getting off work and they they shutting it down. That's the other thing you got to work. You got to see who you know. Who has a game scheduled here, or who's on, or who's playing out of, up the road a ways? And we'll get there. And, uh, Doc and I will get there and talk about the stadium because, my God, I know what I saw. I, and I'm saying it just like that, folks. It'll put a tear in your eye because I, I I watched that that, that that football stadium. I remember when it was bare walls. 
Literally. You know, wood planks all over the place. One-sided. It wasn't a pretty sight at one time. This is a palace. But getting back to your point, though, uh, December 3rd, that, that's, a, that's a rough day. That's a rough day. I mean, literally, that's a rough, that's a rough day. Because I, cause I also scheduled for, uh, uh, on that same weekend. If would be it, it would be also Conference USA championship game in a home and home situation. Correct. And that's eleven a.m. Yeah. TV game. Uh, ABC or ESP, ESPN. Yeah. So if the U of H wins their division is in that game, the chances are the PV. U of H basketball game would be in the evening or or yeah, oh yeah that's four o'clock or whatever you know after the football game after It'll be celebration after they'll schedule after six they'll schedule after six that'd be the only way you'd have fans come they're already here on camp stumbling over <laughs> in, in a euphoric stupor hopefully well no well, one of the losers are gonna be full hey, one of the losers are gonna be full right. if the, if U of H win the championship they're gonna be Hey, full, happy, and ignorant. Use, use coming your, over here. Use, use your football game ticket and go next. And I'll be one of them. So that, that's basically uh, what they'll do now. Because right, I would. I mean, I would. I would like throw yeah. this game away and like everybody that's got a, got a football game ticket that that chooses to step on. And that'd be the, that'd be the only way to get people to see that game that day. You got PV foot chance of PV the SWAC championship game and the. AAC championship football game that same day you got Prairie View U of H basketball inside Hoffman Savine. And Conference USA the same way. Really? Let's see what I'm saying. Basketball just this like this game was scheduled on this day as an afterthought. Could you put the game on the fourth on, on a Sunday the next the next day? You could. You could. You could. But anyway, I I just you know listen, you can tell from my voice my thoughts on on the, the schedule. And I told a friend, I thought it was solid. Like I said, it's solid. If you're a basketball person, you know who these teams are. You follow these teams. But fans, fans be like, who the hell are these people? And it is what it is. So I continue to beat the drum. And I also, I, I, didn't, I didn't say rice. Why are they playing rice? I can't answer you that. Can't, you don't play Rice. You don't play TSU. You don't play HBU. And, and I will be going on campus tomorrow <laughs> at some point because they, they've got a volleyball tournament scheduled for this weekend. So yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know uh, U of H also has that uh, volleyball tournament. And both schools, are, uh, HBU is playing in one and, and TSU is playing in the other. I'll have some, some comments from some coaches. They'll look up and see me and may not want to speak, but I got to get something. I got to get something. And here's uh, the Bryce Owls men's non-conference schedule. <clears throat> Exhibition game versus Our Lady of the Lake on November 5th. Okay. November 13th at James Madison. Hmm. November 16th home for Doc. Texas Southern Rice versus TSU. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm just. Let me say Rice versus TSU. So Rice played TSU, but U of H won't. <laughs> One more time. Rice played TSU, but TSU won't. U of H won't. Rice played TSU, but U of H won't. Hey. 
November 19th at Nebraska Omaha. <laughs> November 21st home for Montana State. November 23rd home for Delaware State. Oh, really? November 26th to go San Antonio versus Incarnate Word. Doc, that'll give you an incentive on the uh, media day. Doc, yeah. Doc, Wildcat. November 30th, Rice home for Houston Baptist. Okay, that's that's three out of four. That's December third at Texas Tech. December tenth, Doc Wildcat home versus Stephen F. Austin. One of the top basketball programs now in the state of Texas. True. December fifteenth. <laughs> I got it. Edwards. I got it. Man. December seventeenth at Pittsburgh. December nineteenth home Wildcat. Northwestern State. Did you know that? Really? Did you know that? The show didn't. Okay. But I bet, I, you did, I you did tell, tell your I, family I, then. I, I, hold on, hold on. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this. I attempted, and then I, I, and I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, the two assistant coaches I talked to both said the same thing. They do the same thing we do. They get the ball out. They get it up court. They put it in that guy's hands and turn him loose. So, hey. And At least you get the. I ain't got to. Try, I ain't got to go far. We're talking about who? Zeke Woodley. Yes. Yes. And I and and, and I basically told him a hey, heck of a score. You got to get your trophy back. He didn't now. get that from you because you were not uh, a scorer. No, so. that ain't my job. <laughs> no, you, your that job was not. That ain't my job. But it, your, your job was to keep folks from scoring. That's right. That was your job. That was my job. And the last non-conference game for Rice versus St. Thomas on December twenty-first. You know that's, that's now that's tell getting, me that's getting to be a little niche now. Yeah. That's, now that's, tell me. Terms of a fan appeal of those two non-conference schedules that I just read off, which appeals more to Houston people? U of H's home com- schedule or Rice's? They got TSU and they got Prairie View. Am I right? No, you Rice got, got TSU, HBU, Stephen F. Austin. Austin, and Stephen F. Austin travels. They got a large alumni here here in town. U of H has Prairie View. Uh, TSU gonna come by there just because that's just who they are. They won't come by there in droves, but they'll come by. HBU folks gonna show up over there. They might. TSU might. You think so? It's the week before, roughly the week before Thanksgiving. So yeah, they might. They, I hope so. You never know. But you know, it's all a question mark. It's all a crapshoot. But the one thing that they're playing though, they're playing conference champions. You know, TSU is one of few. Stephen F. Austin has, has gotten a coach elevated and, and shipped on to a, to a to big a five, power big five, five school, yeah, power, power five, five uh, yeah. program. Oklahoma State. Uh, uh, TSU Rice game is a Wednesday, November sixteenth. It's not bad. It's not bad. The game against HBU is a Wednesday, on the thirtieth, and the game against Stephen F. Austin is on Saturday. Mm, that would explain. That's that's good. That's good. So clearly. I prefer Rice's non-conference schedule over my alma mater's. But you didn't ask me. No matter, I'm giving my opinion anyway. Because that's what I do on these KG Fifth Wood Wildcat and Doc podcast. And one last basketball note before we wrap it up here. Don't forget. Don't forget. November 22nd. Campbell Center. Notre Dame. Fighting Irish. And Brianna Turner for Manville, M-A-N-V-E-L, Manville, 
have a home game versus Louisiana Lafayette, you can co- you can go to uh, the Houston Round Bar View Facebook page or Houston Round Bar View Women's Who's blog and get some more information. And I'll keep talking about it more and more. We get closer and closer to the game. But yes, and Brianna Turner and, and Notre Dame, they don't play. I posted the flyer yesterday, despite a misspelling. Thousands of people of shares on Facebook. <laughs> thousands. <laughs> they got alumni here now. Notre Dame, I posted the information, I tweeted it. Retweets left and right from coaches, administration, the person who talked to me at the mock selection about Notre Dame coming to Houston, uh-huh. retweeted it. What can I say? Amazing. Doing our job. Like I said, when did, when it's a big time program, women's basketball program coming to Houston in November. Yeah. A home game. Want fans to wear lime green. Notre Dame colors. Lime out. Have a lime out. Somebody else that has won a championship beside uh, beside Tennessee and UConn. Am I wrong? No. Nope. In the last few years, very few. You know, UConn, Tennessee. Go back further. UConn, Notre Dame, and uh, Texas A&M, basically. Baylor, of course. But, yes, Notre Dame versus Louisiana Lafayette, November 22nd. Uh, tickets go on sale. The date is changing because initially I was told October 20th. Uh, might maybe late September. So keep listening to the podcast and and kudos to one particular listener who is uh, a proud parent, proud father of a well-known women's basketball player who played at UConn. I'm going to give all kinds of hints without saying her name. Point guard. Won four championships along with Brianna Turner. Brianna Stewart, excuse me. He, He is a Loyal listener to the podcast. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Appreciate uh, uh, your help for me this weekend with some contact information. Thank you very much for that. So, Notre Dame is coming to Houston, Campbell Center, November 22nd. I'm looking forward to it. The game won't be very close. I might expect the game to be close at all. But uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how many people show up. Show up. So I think, oh, and uh, Manville basketball coach. Also shared the flyer. I'm telling you, thousand. It went viral. You know, he's excited. Now. So, uh, well, it's, it's it's kind of rare. Correct me if I'm wrong. To see thousands of fans in Houston to see a women's <laughs> basketball game. You know, it, and right, I, right or wrong, that, that's true. Now the other thing is because <laughs> we, we it wasn't so much we were we're, we're not ready to give out the information. But until we got it all together and it, and, it, and it's the pitch is, is perfect now, pretty much outside of the game coming this away. Um, I hadn't mentioned it to my cohorts yet, uh, and when I do, it's going to be interesting how re- the reception will be when I make mention of it. And I will get back. I will let the audience knows know exactly how <clears throat> folks will handle this. Uh, because the next time I'll, I'll be on uh, Bring the Pain, because I will be getting, uh, it looks like I'll be getting invited back. I've gotten a, uh, a text and a... Uh, well, tell folks about from, that show. What is that? Where where can folks watch it, listen to it? Uh, that? Now, this, 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 we did the, the, it's a live show. We did it over at um, uh, Houston Media Source, and this, it was my first time at being on, on the uh, uh, on the panel with uh, 
Robert Kelly. Um, Doc called in, um, and and it was uh, I'm trying to remember who else was all there, because I wasn't familiar with any of the guys' names other than the producer that the, uh, the producer of the show, which is Richard Walker. Uh, but I had to, I've done some shows and all over Houston Media Source before. It was interesting. It wasn't so much of a free-for-all, but everybody had a topic. It was scripted. Uh, and I had to kind of like put the guys in their place and, yes, make known that Conference USA and Rice, you know, are viable. There are only two non-five, uh, non uh, non-power five uh, conferences in the country that are getting rated. And those are the only two. They're the only two conferences that are on a consistent basis averaging per team at least two draft picks in the last three to four years from what I was told by combine people. And, and, that's, and that's saying a lot just because of the fact that a couple of five, uh, Power Five conferences went one year and didn't get anybody drafted. A lot of free agents, guys made the teams, but did not get somebody drafted. That's not, that's does not speak well of your conference. And this coming weekend, if UCLA and USC loses their games on the road, there will not be a happy camper as far as commissioner of the Pac-12. That will look like a death nail as far as competition this year. They may beat up on each other. Cal looked okay against Hawaii, but it was Hawaii. I'm just saying. Wildcat throwing throwing rocks. <clears throat> I like that. <clears throat> no. But the, who are you? So I'm gonna wrap it up here. Who are you? All right. I am Fifth Ward Wildcat. <clears throat> you can find me on the uh, social media platform. Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, J L Woodley One, Jerry L. Woodley Jr. Blogger, YouTube, SoundCloud, AKSV DCSR. The College Sports Report. Doc? Yes. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, sports professor, Texas Southern University, associate professor of sport management. And it is 90 days, 22 hours, 52 minutes, 9, 8, 7 seconds prior to the Ben L. Cavill Senior HBCU Football Award. As we'll be presenting that November 30th. We kicked it off officially this past Monday uh, with the historical lesson of who Ben L. Calvert was. Played in 1925 for the Wild College Wildcats. Was a Pittsburgh Courier two-time All-American. Second-team All-American 1928. First-team All-American 1929. Won a black college championship uh, for SWAT titles during the five years that he spent 1925 first year of the State Fair Classic. He was a member of the Wiley, Wiley Wildcats the Wiley College Wildcats I should say that participated in the game and so we honor him with the award that is given to the best HBCU football player uh, that has a connection to Texas. So we were did the watch list. So you can go to THD-agency.com and look at the watch list. Uh, Trey Green is one of the players to watch. He was actually a finalist last year, so he's back in the mix this year. So look for him. Uh, Cornelius Henderson 
uh, out of Duncanville. He plays defensive end for Jackson State. So he's another guy to watch in terms of the defensive side of the ball. He was a finalist last year as well and actually won the online voting contest. So he did a tremendous job last year. So I'm excited about that. Uh, told you about Saturday, three days, 19 hours, 50 minutes, and 25, 24, 23 seconds and counting before the Labor Day Classic kickoff. And what really should get a lot of people's attention is zero days. We're less than zero days from the kickoff tomorrow from several football games, including HBCU matchups. So we're 20 hours, 50 minutes, and four, three, two seconds away uh, from Delaware State uh, traveling to Delaware to play Newark, 6 o'clock kickoff. And then you have HBCU matchup, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, and Chain, Pennsylvania, NCAA Division II programs, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, the CIAA. Uh, they play the Battle of the First uh, in Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, at Lincoln University at LU Football Stadium. So that be interesting. That's actually will be broadcast on ESPN3 for those that want to get into it. So with that, you can follow me on the social media platforms, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also listen to me live every Tuesday for Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. You can look at the show live, as we said, streaming, www.kcuhradio.com. If you can't catch it live from 6 to 7 every Tuesday, Central Standard Time, you can also um, listen to it, tune in app, just type in KCUH. You can catch it as a podcast. Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab on SignCloud to give you some information as we're going to get hot and heavy. It is that time of the year where we start off another academic year, 2016-2017, starting out obviously with football. And literally, it is less than a full day away, as we said. 20 hours, 48 minutes 18, 17, 16, 15 seconds away from toe meets leather. Outstanding. Dr. Sutton's calling you uh, the timekeeper. <laughs> um, I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Houston now Round Bar Review. my pledging days. That's all right. Oh. <laughs> HoustonRoundBarReview.com There's a story there <laughs> Houston Round Bar Review On uh, YouTube Houston Round Bar Review On Instagram uh, We have our Podcasts available on SoundCloud As well as iTunes And Pod Directory And I think one of our listeners Picks it up on another uh, Podcast Feed So we're out there in Different ways For, for you to uh, Listen to us Thank you very much For the compliments And the props and the kudos that you've given us via Facebook. We continue to give you our thoughts and opinions and, and information as well as only we know how to do it. And we're just uh, passing forward what was given to us by our uh, mentors and people who, who have influenced us in our formative years as we uh, continue to walk this earth as long as uh, the Lord says the same. So, Gentlemen, thank you very much. We're going to have fun this weekend. We're going to see a lot of football. We're going to eat a lot of food. Something else as well. 
drinking some water and juice and uh, things of that sort. Yes, water and juice. That's what we're going to do. Drink water and juice. Drink water. We're going to drink water. Bottled water. We're going to drink water. Because you have to stay hydrated. It's going to be outside a lot. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> that is true now. So you that, know, that is one fact that is true. Yeah. So. <clears throat> got to stay hydrated. And look forward to our next podcast. Listeners, thank you very much for the tweets and retweets and the shares and, and the comments. We appreciate your support and your time that uh, you devote to these podcasts each week. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate you sharing your time with me and the listeners. Going to wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.